Read Psalm 62 today. Notice that trust is the theme of the beginning, the middle, and the end of this psalm. And between those three parts, there are two verses on the actions of enemies and two on attributes of humans. And notice that it is God alone who acts. So listen now for the Word of God in Psalm 62. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall never be shaken. How long will you assail a person? Will you batter your victim, all of you, as you would a, a leaning wall, a tottering fence? Their only plan is to bring down a person of prominence. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone my soul waits in silence, for my hope is from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my deliverance and my honor, my mighty rock, my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balance, they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no confidence in extortion and set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Only God has spoken. Twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God and steadfast loves to, belongs to you, O Lord, for you repay all according to their work. We turn now to the Gospel reading from the first chapter of Mark, starting at the 14th verse. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. ever feel so paper thin? Last Wednesday, most of the networks carried a program called Celebrate America. Tom Hanks was the host of this event that featured lots of famous performers ending with Katy Perry. 
who sung Firework began with the questions that reminded me of Psalm 62. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag drifting through the wind wanting to start again? Do you ever feel, feel so paper thin like a house of cards? One blow from caving in. Do you ever feel already buried deep six feet under screams but no one seems to hear a thing? Well, to me, that sounds a whole lot like the writer of Psalm 62 who described himself being like a, being battered, like a tottering wall, a leaning wall, a tottering fence. Now, Perry's song turns reassuring this way. Do you know there's, there's still a chance for you because there's a spark in you. You just got to ignite the light and let it shine. Just own the night like the 4th of July. And of course, that's when they started all those fireworks that went on for a while. The problem is she sings quite a song, but she never quite tells us how to ignite that light, how to let it shine so that we can just own the night. The song does tell us how to ignite our light and let it shine. But first, first let's look at what Jesus said to James and his brother John. What he said to them that moved them to leave their daddy Zebedee in his fishing business to follow a man who promised to make them fishers of men. So when Jesus came to Galilee, what did he proclaim as the good news of God? The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The very first words that Jesus speaks in Mark's gospel challenged those who heard him then and challenge us as we hear them today. Most of the time, most of us want what one great thinker called cheap grace. That is, we want to get off easy. Can I just get a warning ticket? You know? <laughs> Dietrich Bonhoeffer said that cheap grace is that's the grace we bestow on ourselves. Oh, I forgive myself. Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring any repentance. Baptism without any kind of church discipline. Communion without any confession. Cheap grace is the grace without discipleship. Grace without the cross. Grace without Jesus Christ living incarnate. Now Bonhoeffer added, it is the call of Jesus Christ at which the disciple leaves his nets and follows him. When Jesus called the sons of Zebedee to become his disciples, James and John were, they were doing equipment maintenance. What any good worker does, keep up your tools, keep them in good shape. It is the way they make their living, the way they fed themselves. But when Jesus called them, James and John were somehow moved to leave behind what they knew, leave behind what gave them security, leave behind what fed and clothed them, to follow this man who said, repent. And part of what sparked the Reformation about 500 years ago was when Martin Luther nailed those 95 theses to the door of Castle Church in Wittenberg. His very first thesis said when 
When our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. So what does it mean to, to repent? Well, the Greek word that's translated repent means change your mind. The Hebrew word that from the Old Testament that's translated repent means to turn around, to return. Have you ever been riding along and getting directions from your GPS and all of a sudden you missed a turn or something and the GPS voice said, at the next intersection make a legal U-turn. Is there a nice way of saying you missed it, buddy, go back? <laughs> well, that's one way of thinking of repentance. Turning around, changing your mind. Those are ways that I thought it meant to repent until I studied this Psalm 62 and saw that trust, trust is crucial to repentance. To really repent, you have to trust God. Now we usually think of songs or hymns having a refrain of course you know after the first verse right but psalm 62 actually starts with a refrain of course about trust for god alone my soul waits in silence for him comes my salvation he alone is my rock my salvation my fortress i shall never be shaken and some of psalm 62 talks about enemies well most of the nice folks here today we don't like to think of ourselves as having enemies, right? That's the question they always ask on those uh, mysteries on TV. Well, did Betty have any enemies? <laughs> Somebody want to do her harm, right? Well, not that I can think of. Well, most of us don't like to think of ourselves as enemies, but we will admit we have some frenemies, you know, those friends whose motives are not exactly purely in our favor. Psalm talks about such people and the effect that they have. They, they try to bring you down. Bless your heart, right? They assail the psalmist. They batter you as you would a, a, a leaning wall or a tottering fence. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless you with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. They're two-faced people who will smile on your face and step you in the back. Our message from, one of the messages from Psalm 62 is that God is unique. A word that comes up over and over in this psalm is alone. For God alone my soul waits in silence. He alone is my rock and salvation, my fortress. And again, for God alone my soul waits. He alone is my rock, my salvation fortress. Well, listen to the way Psalm 62 describes God in some of the later verses. My hope, my rock, my salvation, my fortress, my deliverance, my honor, my mighty rock, my refuge. And the last couple of verses of the psalm refer to God's power and steadfast love. When you feel weak, when you are powerless, when you do feel Paper thin, as Katie Perry said. Trust in God. Trust in God at all times. Pour out your heart before Him. And do not set your heart on riches. The psalmist closes with a message he received twice. That power and steadfast love belong to God. 
in the very first statement of a Presbyterian short uh, affirmation or a short statement of faith, that's what it says. In life and in death, we belong to God. The world sees the good news of the gospel as something of a, it's kind of an intrusion, an interruption of the usual sequence, a disruption of the familiar order. Guess what? They're right. The world says, accumulate wealth, acquire possessions, whoever dies with the most stuff wins, right? <laughs> Land, gadgets, fame, stuff. Count on. Trust that this will bring you safety, security, comfort, happiness. The very first uh, episode of that TV series, Mad Men, about advertising, Don Draper tells you the magic of advertising. It's all based on happiness. It's telling you if you buy this, you acquire this, you'll be happy. That whatever you're doing, you're okay. You're safe. The gospel of Jesus Christ calls us to repent, not just to apologize for our shortcomings. I'm sorry, Lord, if you were offended. Not just promise to do better. I promise this time. But to change our worldview, to trust in God alone, to recognize that God is our only hope, our only refuge. Our only hope and refuge is God Almighty who made all it up, all it is, and gives us life itself. And so today I proclaim to you what Jesus Christ proclaimed as he walked along the Sea of Galilee. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Repent and believe. Thanks be to God.